Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome. Uh, great to have you with us. 888-900-3393. Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Uh, President Trump. It's kind of no-nonsense yesterday. I, uh, I, I actually love the fact that when he was out uh, being questioned by all these reporters... Um, first of all, he had, he had some interesting things to say. And then somebody asked him about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and something she had to say on 60 Minutes about how racist he is. Uh, because she said, she said something like there was no question that yeah, he's so a racist. Anderson Cooper asked her, is there, you know, do you think that he's a, a racist? And she said, yeah, no, no, no question. question. No question. Yeah. Uh, so here's that exchange, what he was saying before, and then that exchange with the reporter. I don't know if we're close to the deal. This should be the easiest deal that I've ever seen. We're talking about border security. Who could be against it? We're talking about drugs pouring in, human traffickers tying up women, putting tape in their mouth, and pouring into our country. We can't have that. We can't have that. We have drugs, we have criminals, we have gangs, and the Democrats don't want to do anything about it. They say, oh, it's immoral. But it wasn't immoral three years ago, five years ago, six years ago, One and year ten ago. years ago when they all raised their hands to approve a wall. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, it's immoral. It's immoral because one reason, because they know they're going to lose in the 2020 election. That's the only reason to them it's immoral. Who did? Who cares? She's... <laughs> so great (laughs) who cares jeez Uh, could there be a better response to that no (laughs) I don't know Ocasio-Cortez is saying that there's no question you're a racist Mm -hmm. who said that Ocasio-Cortez who cares jeez next question (laughs) it's just the perfect response to anything she says really (laughs) that's just that's how she needs to be dealt with who cares? Jeez. I mean, she's 28 years old or whatever. She doesn't know a stinking thing. She doesn't know anything about anything. Why are we even listening to this woman? It's unbelievable. <sighs> Perfect response. Who cares? And, and you can tell he, he didn't. He didn't. He couldn't care less. Uh, uh, that's just great stuff. Mm-hmm. That's just great stuff. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also, he uh, he was. Being paid a visit by the uh, by the national champion Clemson Tigers to the White House. This was a group that I guess didn't decide they weren't going to show up at the White House. <laughs> right? How about that? So, college football team wanted to go to the White House, and uh, uh, here's here's the beautiful feast he laid out for them. Now, what's your favorite thing here, Mr. President? I like it all. I like it all. It's all good stuff. Do you great, pre- great American food. Yeah. And yeah. it'll be very interesting to see at the end of this evening how many are left. Do you prefer McDonald's or Wendy's? I, I like them all. That's a tough question. If it's not American, a American, I like it. It's all American stuff. Okay. So, but it's good stuff. And we have the national champion team, as you know, mm-hmm. Clemson Tigers. And they had a fantastic game against Alabama. And they're all here. They're right outside the room. And I think we're going to let you uh, see them. But I'll bet you as much food as we have. We have pizzas, we have 300 hamburgers, many, many french fries, all of our favorite foods. Uh, I want to see what's here while we leave. 
because I don't think it's going to be much. The reason we did this is because of the shutdown. Uh, we want to make sure that everything is right. So we sent out, we got this, and we have some wonderful people working at the White House. They helped us out with this. And uh, I will say the Republicans are really, really sticking together. It's great to see because we need border security. We have to have it. Got it. Have we to have, have it. to have it. No doubt uh, about it. Should have happened 30 true. years ago, 20 years ago, 10 yes. years ago. Yes. Yeah. And it's going to happen now. Going to happen now. Thank you very right. much, everybody. All right. So because of the government shutdown, they're eating McDonald's and Wendy's, Burger King. I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Delicious American food. Uh, Boy, he emphasized it was American food. Yeah, he I mean, did. I don't know that I and can it name is. a foreign fast food joint. It uh, it is. It's uh, all that's all American stuff. But I got I got a little concerned for the Clemson Tigers that were standing outside waiting while that food was getting cold. I know. You don't want cold fast food. No. And the it's fries nasty. fries get nasty. Although the best fries in that room were definitely uh, Wendy's. <clears throat> don't you think? Come on. Mm. Burger King is not even. They don't no. even place. Mm-mm. Uh, McDonald's or mm. Wendy's? Yeah, Wendy's close. over McDonald's. It's say. close. It's close. I, I mean, the McDonald's fries are just little strips. Yeah, but they taste good. I like them. This is the hard-hitting issues of the day that you tune into Pat Unleashed mm-hmm. for right here. Yep. On the blaze. And uh, he was he was proud of that feast. So uh, apparently there's no cooks at the White House? Is that what's going on? What do you mean? I guess they're not getting paid. The, I don't know. So everybody went home? I wonder, did the White House staff actually go home? You really don't have staff to cook a meal at the White House? I doubt it. I, I doubt that's the case. They were just making a, making a point. Look, it's not going to be this lavish feast during the government shutdown when people aren't getting paid. You're starting to slip in the polls on this, Mr. President. Let's, uh, what can mm-hmm. we do here, you know? And that's what they came up with. Fast food. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brilliant. But, For yeah. a bunch of athletes that probably shouldn't be eating that junk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know they got they've got some training to do. A lot of these guys, especially from Clemson, going to be heading to the NFL, and uh, they want to be in good shape for the combine and their pro days. And uh, I don't know that Wendy's and McDonald's best thing for them, but uh, that's apparently what they had. So good. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three, and it Pat unleashed on uh, on Twitter. It looks like as far as the government shutdown is concerned. It's starting to really take a toll at the airports. Uh, the number of airport security screeners failing to show up for work around the country is soaring now because they're not, you know, Friday came and went and they didn't get paychecks. So technically, they're not being paid right now. They will get that money. They just won't get it right now. Um, nobody's going to be out a single penny when this thing is over. But it's tough if you're living paycheck to paycheck and you don't get one. Then you could be in real trouble. And if you're not, if you consider the fact that you you don't think you're being paid for what you're doing, then you know how, it's hard to blame somebody for not showing up to work. Yeah, is this the TSA <laughs> that we said that doesn't do a good job and we don't want them there anyway? Yes. Right. So yeah. Okay. Uh, however, what it's doing is creating incredibly long because they're trying to do the same thing, screening everybody with a lot less people, and that doesn't work. Uh, so they had a bunch of no no shows on Sunday. They had more, even more on Monday, and uh, they reported a national absence rate of seven point six percent, compared with three point two percent on a comparable day a year ago. Monday marked the first business day after screeners didn't receive the paycheck for the first time, 
at Hartsfield Jackson Atlanta International Airport, the world's busy, world's busiest. Some passengers waited more than an hour to get through the checkpoints. Airport reported long lines on its uh, website Monday morning, showing the hour plus waits at all three checkpoints. It's chaos out there, according to passenger Vincent Smith, as he stood in line that snaked all through the Atlanta airport atrium and baggage claim areas. This line, I've been here about 15 minutes. It's moved two feet. <laughs> oh, that sounds like Atlanta. TSA is working with the Atlanta airport and airlines to maximize all available operation resources at the airport. Um, the agency is working with airports and airlines nationwide to consolidate operations and get the most out of their resources. Screeners won't do anything to compromise or change their security procedures. Now, that's too bad. I mean, do we, do we really need to take our shoes off when there's an hour-long wait? And I'm sure the answer is yes. I'm sure if, if somebody's been through the airport and you're still taking off your shoes and doing all the obnoxious things that don't do any good, uh, and you've experienced that, I'd like to hear from you. 888 hmm. uh, this The line was stupid slow in Atlanta before. Just I was traveling just before the uh, government shutdown. So I don't know that it's... I don't know that Atlanta's your best litmus test for uh, long TSA waits. Yeah. Well, it's it's always busy, right? Mm-hmm. It's always, yeah, it's always crowded in Atlanta. I mean, as he said, it's the busiest in the world. So that's a fairly busy airport, I would think. Yeah. Uh, a combination of a busy Monday travel day combined with some security lines being closed down due to the long lines. Uh, they don't know how many security lines were down, but some... At Houston's George Bush International Security Checkpoint and Ticket Counter were shuttered Sunday afternoon in Terminal B, and those are going to remain closed through today. Uh, the terminal handles United Express flights. Passengers must go through tra- checkpoints in other terminals, then walk or take a train to planes parked at Terminal B. That's, that's a hassle. So if you're in Houston and you fly out of uh, Bush, it, then you... Uh, you're going to need to take a a train to Terminal B if you use United Express. At Miami International, they closed one of their concourses for part of Saturday and Sunday, shifted about a dozen afternoon or evening flights. Airport spokespeople said the uh, staffing was uh, fairly usual on Monday, but airport officials were monitoring the situation, make more adjustments. Uh, since nobody's getting paid, TSA officials don't want them to take annual leave, according to the president of a government workers' union in Seattle. So, flying is going to be a hassle for now. So, if you, if you have to, you know, travel for work or, you know, if you're taking a vacation in the early part of the year, you're going to feel the effects. But I... I'm not traveling. Well, we're in a couple mm-hmm, weeks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm before couple you. weeks, and I'm before you. <laughs> so, <laughs> the thought has crossed my mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I'm standing in a three-hour wait or a flight gets canceled, I'm going to wish that the government wasn't shut down. Oh man! But you know, I'm flying <clears> a uh, you know one of them discount airlines. <clears throat> Are you? So I'm thinking I might just drive anyway at this point. I mean, uh, look, between what is the it, Southwest? No, Southwest no? is the greatest airline ever created. I love then Southwest. Then why aren't you flying it? It's a very 
very long story that I know you don't care to hear. Okay. So I'm going mm-hmm. to be traveling one way on Sun Country and the other way on Spirit. And no, Oof, spirit I'm sucks, not on man. Spirit by choice. Oof. It just happened. Spirit. Spirit <laughs> happened to me this time. <laughs> that might, I, I that might be the worst airline in the world. So should I drive 500 miles? It might be faster. It yeah, might, it might. Be, it might be less stressful. Hell, yeah. I'll be able to bring some luggage. That's for sure if mm-hmm. I drive. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, you airlines that charge for baggage. And Spirit charges for everything. Spirit charges. Oh, wait, you wanted to breathe? Yeah, you wanted on to this breathe flight? on this flight? I'm sorry, that's Our another. Bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's another uh, $55. See, you're in the no oxygen seating, sir. Mm-hmm. You'll have to move up and it'll cost mm-hmm. you $50 if you would care to breathe. Water? An extra $5. Uh, uh okay. I am going Peanuts? to want to 43.50. Yeah, I want to die. I, I I want to die and I'm not even on the plane yet. So, it's going to be good. Meanwhile, Southwest, just so you know, you can take your Two, ba- two bags. You don't have to pay anything. <clears throat> Just let you know. Thank you. Don't dog. I think Southwest. their commercials let us know that on a pretty regular Ding. basis. Mm, all right. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh one of the senior officials in in the Trump administration, who is anonymous, wrote a an article for the Daily Caller. Hmm. Said, I'm a senior Trump official and I hope a long shutdown smokes out the resistance. Uh, The Daily Caller is taking the rare step of publishing this anonymous op-ed at the request of of the author, senior official in the Trump administration, whose identity is known to us and whose career would be jeopardized by its disclosure. We believe publishing this essay anonymously is the only way to deliver an important perspective. As one of the senior officials working without a paycheck, a few words of advice for the president's next move at shuttered government agencies. Lock the doors, sell the furniture, and cut them down. Federal employees are starting to feel the strain of the shutdown. I am one of them. But for the sake of our nation, I hope it lasts a very long time till the government is changed and can never return to its previous form. Hmm. Wow. This guy's a patriot. The lapse in appropriations is more than a battle over a wall. It's an opportunity to strip wasteful government agencies for good. <clears throat> if they were looking at it this way, that would be worth the fight. It really would. But I know they're not. No, 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 no. As no. soon as this is over, they're going right back to all the bloated governmental excess uh, they've ever done. And they'll just keep doing it. They'll just, you know, they're not going to change anything over this. Do you think they're suddenly going to say, hey, we did okay without uh, certain aspects of the government? No. No, they're not going to do that. They're going to say, wow, we, we really felt the pinch and don't want to go through that again. So yeah. let's keep these appropriation bills going. And let's not worry about ever doing another budget any time in the uh, next 50 years. Yeah. yeah. Ah, ever. Let's never do another budget in the United States of America. Yeah, all this downtime is good for uh, is um, it allows the printing presses a chance to kind of play catch up. Uh, over at the U.S. Mint uh, mm-hmm. with uh, federal spending. And barely that. <laughs> I mean, they're still wasting money on this. Uh, <laughs> they're still they're still spending more than they're taking in. What do you want to bet? When this is all said and done, at the end of it, we'll come out and hear, yeah, we ran a budget deficit during the shutdown. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet we did. I bet we I'll did. I'll bet we now do. I'm going to look that up. <laughs> 888 thirty three ninety three.
this portion of Pat Gray Unleashed brought to you by Home Title Lock. Uh, what a what a great company this is. Um, this was something I was completely unaware of until fairly recently. And when they showed me what the deal was that your home's title can be stolen offline because that's where they're all stored now. And, and then thieves can uh, claim it, claim your home as their own and go take out a loan on your equity. And then you get stuck with the bill. I thought, wow, I, that, that uh, no, that can't happen. <laughs> and so uh, I signed up for HomeTitleLock.com. Any thief can download your home's title, forge your name off it, and transfer it. Um, they don't want your home. They just want your money. Now, they could sell your home right out from under you. But they usually just take out a massive loan on it, and then you get stuck with the payments. So if you own a home or any rental property, you owe it to yourself to get Home Title Lock. For just pennies a day, Home Title Lock will put a virtual barrier around your home's title. The instant they detect any sinister activity, they get on it and shut it down. Now, it could be that your home's title is already compromised. You can find out by signing up at Home Title Lock. HomeTitleLock.com, they'll get you a a free title scan and report, which is a $100 value. They'll throw that in just for signing up. Do it now. Visit HomeTitleLock.com. Get some peace of mind. HomeTitleLock.com. This is Pat Gray Unleashed. Keith's just taking a look at the uh, U.S. Debt clock, which spins at an unbelievable rate at all times. I don't like hundreds of thousands of dollars a second. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's still spinning right now? Yeah, it's still spinning. The um, debt wheel's still spinning. Mm-hmm. Good. I mean, especially in the... Uh, Good. The, I think I think one thing that's hurting us is our interest rate. You know, the, the total yeah. interest yeah. paid. So uh, yeah. anyway, what shutdown, you know? <laughs> it won't matter at all. No. In, in, the, in the form of debt. Uh, some... Tweets uh, at Pat Unleashed. Actually, we're running a little bit of a poll. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, no. So we're not doing this. Yeah, Vincent Ousley. <clears throat> uh, Vincent Ousley is. Loyal listeners uh, came up with a very intriguing poll. Vincent Ousley uh, tweeted out, who is the better president? Mm-hmm. Calvin Coolidge <laughs> or anyone else? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and I thought it was going to be... You and know, it started out as a pad poll. Uh, yeah, hundred to zero. One hundred percent, Calvin Coolidge. Yeah, now we're up to just seventy-three to twenty-seven. Oh, really? So I mean, oh, okay, we got some contrarians out there. I don't know. Well, what, what some they're smoking. People, I'm sure some people will think Reagan. You know. Okay. Maybe yeah. we even have some contrarians that think. Right. Uh, I don't know. Heaven forbid, Bill Clinton or Barack Obama. Uh, Malinak Medical. <laughs> Is this no, you? No, it's not. Malinac Medical's not you? No, it's just I'm always All right. at the, at the, at yeah, the emergency I know. room. I know. So somebody thought that'd be a funny. To Let's name be honest. Pat has MSN, or as he calls it, Microsoft.com. <laughs> well, it's Microsoft News. Oh, there we go. Dot com. There we go. As his homepage, because he has no idea how to change it. <laughs> not for the articles he professed this morning. Actually, I do know how to change my homepage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, that is something... I can actually do. You actually enjoy the MSN uh, news briefs and whatnot? Yeah, I like it. Uh, And from Wes Usury, previously Wesley D., Alex Jones claimed we have a pedophile government. Since some in office are so against building a wall, that would hinder a slowdown uh, and hinder and slow down human trafficking. Makes me think Alex might be onto something. (laughs) As far as a pedophile government. Uh Yeah, 
Perhaps. Perhaps. Uh, you know who else is coming up uh, on the broadcast today? Is uh, our friend Brad Melter, best-selling author. Um, author of a new book, The First Conspiracy, The Secret Plot to Kill George Washington. Now, in total disclosure here, I've not read this yet, but I've heard it's fantastic. And I really want I really want to read this. His books are all fantastic. And I believe this is a true story, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this isn't some made-up thing. This is thing. the first uh, nonfiction uh, foray. Um, it will tell you uh, the origins of uh, the CIA in America, effectively. Wow. Um, it, it's, uh, it's fascinating. Uh, you think the odds were against George Washington and America as it was? Mm-hmm. Just imagine trying to avoid being murdered while winning the Revolutionary War against the Great British Army. But that that book, uh, I, I read through that, and that is uh, going to be part of uh, my kids' homeschool curriculum. No, nice. no question. It's awesome. Okay. 888 So he's coming up at the top of next hour. Uh, President Trump said a month ago he'd gladly take the blame for a government shutdown. And polls show he's now getting the blame. But he said he didn't mind. Give it to him. So I'm sure. So what? <laughs> It's going to be his frame of mind here. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And yeah. Uh, just like just like he said of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and her exactly. criticism. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Six surveys taken since the partial government closure began uh, tell a consistent story. Half or more Americans believe President Trump and Republicans are responsible for the shutdown. One third or fewer point the finger at Democrats. How did they always get off scot-free, though, on these things? It's unbelievable. Seriously unbelievable. Holding the president responsible marks a reversal in polling for previous shutdowns, and it's raising pressure on Senate Republicans, some of whom have been calling on Trump to relent, even though he said yesterday, you you can't believe how together we are on this. Republicans are completely together. Eh, Not so much. (laughs) Stop. I mean, even even Lindsey Graham, who's been pretty solid, Mm -hmm. is starting to crack under the pressure. And he's asking Trump, to, you know, stop the shutdown. Uh, a Quinnipiac poll taken January 9th through the 13th found 56% of Americans blame Trump and Republicans. 36% fault Democrats. Uh, Washington Post ABC poll, 53% said Trump and congressional Republicans are to blame. Just 29% Democrats. Jeez. CNN poll, 55%. Same old story, 55 to 32. CBS YouGov, 47% uh, blame Trump, 3% blame Republicans, 30% blame Democrats. Uh, Reuters Ipsos, 51% blame Trump, 7% Republicans, 32% Democrats. And Politico Morning Consult, 47% Trump, 5% Republicans, 33% Democrats. I... I <laughs> You know, Pelosi and Schumer, you know, and maybe it's because Trump said, give the blame to me. I don't care. And so they did. Uh, But are you, you're kidding yourself if you don't think Pelosi and Schumer are as much to blame, if not more so. Because they won't even negotiate the wall. They won't even compromise on the wall. When one year ago they were willing to fund it in its entirety, now they've got a completely different uh, stance on this ah, and it's yeah. immoral somehow and if you're trump and you're gonna push this all the way until you get funding for the wall if that's your end game 
then I think your best um, your best angle on this argument is to mm-hmm. point out and continue to point out that these um, leftists surround themselves at their homes with walls. So why is it good enough for yeah, them? Yeah, I would not good keep doing for that for your family. I would yes, because absolutely. Unfortunately, in America, use the Vatican, mm-hmm, yeah. use rich people in their walls. Mm-hmm. Yep, you got to boil it down, and he knows better than anyone how to do that. And he, I think he needs he to latch, does. He's a latch onto that for water cooler conversations around the country. Yeah, and. I mean, he's good at the public relations battle, so he should be waging it right now because there's no other Republican who's capable. No other Republican on earth is as capable as Donald Trump at defending himself. They can't. I don't know what it is. They're the most inept group of people when it comes to uh, winning the PR battle. I've, they're the worst at it I've ever seen. <laughs> and we've been saying that for years, for decades now, because they suck. And, I don't know why. And that is why the first guy that came around that defended himself and pushed back even a little bit, the right was so desperate for that, that's why he's the president of the United States now. Exactly right. Because he's the first guy that's right. under that banner with the R next to his name who cares what he stood for. He's got an yeah. R. He's fighting back against the media and the left. That's the guy. Not only is he the best at it, he's the only one only, at yeah. it. Mm-hmm. On the right side of the aisle. I don't know. Lindsey Graham, I don't know. He's huh, changed Graham's... the last couple months. He's become <laughs> yes. very bold since... Since uh, he lost his master, uh, he has. He's become... <laughs> he's become quite bold. He realized, <laughs> I got to stick up for myself now. John's now gone. I guess I have... I, I got to... Hey, you know what? I have a brain. Sort of. Maybe I ought to use it now. Oh, Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. A fascinating sign. A, a brave sign. A crazy brave sign outside a church. Do you see this proclaiming? Uh, it's a church in Northern California where, wow, what hostile territory they're in. And it declared, uh, it's a sign that says, um, Bruce Jenner is still a man. Homosexuality is still a sin. <laughs> Under that, it says, the culture may change. The Bible does not. Oh, Wow. Zinger. As you can imagine, <laughs> people have lost their minds over it. <laughs> oh, no. The church posted the sign in early January to reflect that while the culture may change, the Bible doesn't, according to the pastor. The culture is now demanding that we call good what the Bible calls evil. According to the Sacramento Bee, local progressives declaring the sign, of course, hateful. Oh, here we go. And exclusionary. <laughs> what does that even mean? What do you mean it's exclusionary? Uh, it's a, it it's proclaiming. Well, we'll get into this. Has yeah, in Gavin second. Newsom weighed in on this? The new governor there? Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, but he will. Oh, he will. You know, he will. <laughs> I mean, they'll they'll probably try to shut the church down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no freedom of religion anymore. There's freedom from religion, but you don't have freedom of religion. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit deeper coming up here in a second. First, uh, if you're thinking of buying or selling a home this year, you need real estate agents I trust. That's a company Glenn started six years ago, and he did it because he was so frustrated by real estate agents who talked a really good game, just never got the job done. And especially if the if the market ever takes a little bit of a hit and it gets tougher to sell and, you know, like it did in Connecticut, 
it took kind of a downturn and all these ridiculously overpriced homes suddenly became less overpriced than they used to be. And it was a big time buyer's market. And so they sat on their home for, a, I think it was a couple of years and lost a ton of money on it. It's really frustrating. And bad agents are never held accountable. So it takes a ton of expertise to be a great realtor these days. The process is incredibly hard to navigate. So that's why uh, Glenn put together a team of agents, buyers, and sellers who across the nation who do things differently. And they'll help you sell or buy a home much more effectively. And here's the thing. They're all fans of the show. We made sure of that because we wanted these agents to at least have that in common with you. And that just makes everything a lot more comfortable for you. So um, the team also holds the agents accountable and they follow each home seller or buyer from initial interest until they buy or sell their home. And then they find out what kind of experience it is. So they're tracked and we make sure that they stay really, really true to what we're trying to do. Real estate agents I trust. It's the best way to buy or sell a home in America. Buy or sell fast for the right price with the team at realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. Pat Gray. 888-900-3393 and at Pat Unleashed. On Twitter, where in terms of overall tweets, <laughs> in terms of overall, speaking of shutdown, it's illegal for law enforcement to strike. Wouldn't the TSA folks be subject to discipline for not showing up to work? Hmm. hmm. I'm not sure. Lone Wolf 2965. Uh, I guess I ignored the warning sign. My ex prefers Burger King fries. Oh, oh yeah, that was a snap. Unmistaking, unmistakable telltale sign. Boy. Uh yeah. Shame on you, Lone Wolf twenty nine sixty five. Now now you know better. <laughs> Parts guy twenty two tweets, uh, TSA workers will get their back pay. The question is, the TSA workers who didn't show up, will they still get their back pay? Well, they shouldn't be paid for days when they don't show up, I would say. Uh some guy named Steve tweets, I use the debt clock. I use the debt clock as a ceiling fan. Okay. Mm -hmm. It does spin that quickly. It sure does. Conservatarian lady, it is so frustrating that Republicans always get the blame for the shutdowns, and then they're made to capitulate, and we as conservatives get nothing. It does seem like every single time that's Mm -hmm. the case. Smallmouth Bass Kurt, I say, oh well, on being blamed. Sometimes one can be blamed for doing the right thing, the hard thing. Trump is doomed if he caves. I'm not sure that's true. I mean, is there anything that this president could do to lose his support among his, you know, hardcore supporters? I don't, I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. Jerry Falwell knows how that applies to evangelicals. Yeah, he says there's nothing, nothing he could do. So he was asked, "Is there anything Trump could do that would cause him to lose your support?" No. <laughs> One word answer. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for that, mm-hmm. Jer. That's that's awesome. Man of principle. Mm-hmm. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. All right, we were talking uh, right before the break about this. So keep in mind, this is a sign at a church, at a church. But 
no one can ha- have this opinion. Nobody can have this belief structure. Uh, no one can think these things anymore. That's been the goal from the from the beginning. Is that uh, they don't just want tolerance. That's not the end goal here. The goal is to completely change your perspective, your belief structure. You can't believe that they're doing anything wrong. Uh, There's a church sign declaring, in Northern California, homosexuality sinful and Bruce Jenner a man. Now, I don't know. Has Caitlin had the surgery? I I don't know. I I don't know. I forget. (laughs) Um... But regardless, I mean, you know, obviously religious people think gender is eternal because God assigned it to us, right? Yeah. And so is it wrong of us to believe that if you're um if you were a man when you came into this life, then you're a man. And if you were a woman, then you stay a woman. And you can think whatever you want in your head. You can identify whatever way you want. You can have people call you different pronouns. You can change your name. I don't care. Whatever. You can have sex reassignment surgery. Does that change who you are in God's eyes? Not to me, but, uh, you know, yeah. it, you don't have to have my approval on what you're doing. And Caitlin, uh, update mm. there, has the uh, has the female plumbing. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. yeah and a- see, I'm willing to say, okay, you know, Caitlin's a, a woman in this life then, I guess, now. So, <laughs> I mean, because that's a lot of change. I mean, you, you went the whole distance there. But the goal here is to change how you view this from a spiritual standpoint. And that's just not fair. It's not right. It's not right. And we don't have to put up with that, do we? The answer is no, we don't. So this sign at Trinity Bible Presbyterian Church in Lake Shestina, California, reads, Bruce Jenner is still a man. Homosexuality is still a sin. The culture may change. The Bible does not. There, I mean, is that a correct statement or not? If you're a person of faith, if you're a person who believes the Bible to be the word of God, you're obviously going to believe those things. So what do we do? We put people who believe this way in jail. Do we shut them out from society? So, so this was a church, though. Yeah, it's a church. OK, so I was if it were a mosque. Oh then, my! Then that wouldn't be. Yeah, a there'd be story no at fallout all. at all. Okay. Yeah, you. I don't. Seriously, I don't. I don't think anybody would even talk about it. Do mosques have signs? Maybe, maybe, I don't maybe know. that's the key. Maybe we just, I don't drive by a lot yeah. of mosques, uh-huh. even though there are some big ones around here. Huh. Uh, I they just don't have to be happen to be on my route uh, to and from work, and that's about all I go to. Is I go to work, I go home, come back to work, then I go home. But since the shutdown, it's not paved, right? <laughs> now you're like over. No, it's gravel now, all oh, the way. Yeah. Right. Well, at least you it's got a, the gravel. Some places, and in just some have places, ruts. it's dirt. It's just See? a dirt road now. Boy, when it But rains. that's our crim- crumbling infrastructure, yeah, yeah, where yeah. all the bridges on the way here have collapsed. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you take the boat around with your car? Nah, like the, I have to. The boat broke down, so oh, no. can't do that okay. anymore. <laughs> I gotta walk around the lake. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. what time do you wake up to get here, man? <laughs> like eleven at night. Like I yesterday? sleep from ten to eleven. You yeah. wake up yesterday. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Pat wakes up yesterday. It's a long. I mean, it's twenty four miles from my house. It takes yeah. a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. I mean, get a horse or something. I don't know. <laughs> Ridiculous. It is. So while the culture may change, the Bible does not, according to Justin Hoke. 
who is the pastor at this church, should he be shunned now from society? Or or is he right? And is it time to take a stand and say, look, I, I don't care what you do in, in your bedroom. Whatever. And I'm not your judge. That's between you and the Lord. Okay? All I know is what I believe about that activity. All I know is what the Bible says about that activity, and I believe the Bible. So do all religious people now have to, uh, do they have to turn their back on the Bible, on Scripture, and say, nope, that's wrong, because society's, society's changed their mind, and so the Bible's inaccurate. <laughs> what kind of believer would you be, would you be if, if you did that? Well, you'd be Hillary Clinton. And Barack Obama-type believers. Because that's exactly what they did. Just because the culture shifted, they completely changed their religious uh, belief on that on that issue. So did Nancy Pelosi. So did all the rest. Every stinking Democrat alive today did that. Did they all believe? Well, except for, you know, possibly the millennials. I mean, is it possible Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez always believed it was fine? Sure, yeah. Uh, But uh, the old guard Democrats all believed in traditional marriage. All of them. I remember, do you remember Janet Napolitano who was asked about it? Oh, um, and and she was so honest in her response. Uh, I'm trying to find that. Napolitano. Yeah, listen, listen to what she had to say about her changing point of view. Same-sex marriage. Have you changed your views on that? Yes, I, I, I think, uh, uh, like mm-hmm. many in, in uh, political and elective life in uh, the early part of this century, the, the evolution yeah. hadn't occurred, and my statements oh. were very much in, in, in that way, which is to say that mm-hmm. this was something that society, in a way, the mm-hmm. arc of history, as it were, needed to, to get there, and the as arc of history has clearly arrived. Okay, so I and see. And on presidential hmm. politics. That's interesting. It was the arc, arc of, history. of history that changed your mind, not any sort of principle or value that you held. <laughs> I mean, that's about as telling as it gets. She changed. Yeah. And she just admitted it. She changed because the culture changed. Yeah, the arc of history, arc of history. has arrived, yep. Pat. Yep. So the arc of history is supposed to force everybody into suddenly now you don't believe the Bible, what it says about homosexuality. But has the arc of history arrived? Yes. Then then the, you have to change. There's not a discussion. Then why are we <laughs> right. even talking about it? I mean, that's amazing. And like you said. It is not hateful just to express your religious point of view. That, do, that doesn't mean you hate people. That doesn't mean that. Even putting that up on the sign doesn't mean you hate homosexuals. It doesn't. You could love them very much. And still think, you know, what they're doing is wrong. It, it's not exclusionary, because as far as I know, they're not excluding homosexuals from their church. So, get off their back. It's a church! What do you think they're going to believe? Mm, well, mean, they don't have to say it. <laughs> for, for as different as the left claims they want us all to be... Mm, oh my they gosh. Sure no, they want, want absolute, us to all be the same and absolute be exactly sameness. What, they, what they want. Yep. So some protesters, angered by the signs uh, message, vandalized the church property. Okay. 
scrambled the letters, damaged the sign. They broke the plexiglass. They stole some of the letters. They busted the power box. Uh, so the pastor went back out there and restored it, fixed it all, <laughs> put it back to where it was. So, <laughs> so let me get this straight. It's amazing. Uh, on, on, on these uh, vandals' um, uh, morality scale, words cause more harm than, than, than the actual property damage? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, th- that's a bigger it's crime. Crazy. It's a bigger crime. Okay. Good stuff there. And, you know, if you don't believe it, then just don't look at the message. Just so what? driving. Good right. Lord. Whatever happened to just live and let live? Or read it and then discount it. How does that hurt you in any way? It doesn't. It just doesn't. we got to get a grip. 888 <laughs> uh, It's nice to see individuals who have a... Who see a problem and have enough courage to take a stand and try to affect some change... Victoria Hurst is doing that. She is uh, single-handedly taking on media giant Cosmopolitan Magazine, but you can help. Her cause, Cosmo Hurts Kids, is on a mission. Uh, Her family's company, the Hurst Corporation, is publisher of Cosmo. And she, she still believes that Cosmo contains pornography that's harmful to kids. Now, she's not trying to shut Cosmo down. She doesn't want to censor it. She just wants states' material harmful to minor laws applied to Cosmo like it is other forms of pornography so that it's not sold to anybody under the age of 18. We just talked about one of the articles in there yesterday talking about sex positions. Any kid, you know, an eight-year-old can go up, walk up to the clerk and buy a Cosmopolitan magazine. That shouldn't be the case. States material harmful to minor laws should be applied to Cosmo just like it is other porn. So if you would like to learn more about Cosmo Hurts Kids and their campaign, visit CosmoHurtsKids.com. Um, again, this is not about free speech. They, they're free to do what they want. Not trying to shut the company down. Just trying to make it unavailable to kids under 18. If you believe that too, visit CosmoHurtsKids.com. That's CosmoHurtsKids.com. Beware, Pat Gray is unleashed. It's crazy in our changing society what we're fine with now. Um, What we can't say, what we can say, uh, what we can believe, what we can't believe anymore. And then you come to uh, this kind of evil. Actress and abortion advocate Martha Plimpton. I guess she was in The Goonies. I don't know what she did in The Goonies. She's been in a lot of TV shows. Uh, she was she was uh, in front of an audience in Seattle. with It was a big, it seemed like a Planned Parenthood rally. I, I don't know what their ultimate goal was at this point conference but she was up there with a pastor who was an abortion guy too and uh she declared just how great abortion is and was for her here's what she told the audience seattle has some uh, particular uh significance for me for lots of reasons um i have got a lot of family here some of whom are here in the audience tonight um i also had my first abortion at the seattle planned parenthood Pause it for a second. Can we stop it for a second? 
I mean, and the reaction of the audience is chilling too. Yep. She just she had her first abortion in Seattle. Yay! Oh, that is so mm. wonderful. Good for you. You killed your first baby right here in our city. <laughs> yeah! 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 Woo! Oh, boy, you Woo! are something else. Uh, that's a problem. <laughs> You've got people cheering the death of babies. Um, that's that's a problem with a society. That's that sound you hear. You know the cloppity clippity clop of hooves on pavement. Those are the four horsemen of the apocalypse uh, just galloping through downtown. Uh, there's more. Here's what she said. Also had my first abortion at the Seattle Planned Parenthood. <laughs> yeah. Yay! Notice I said first. I did notice that, yeah. I said first, uh-huh. and I don't want Seattle, I don't want you guys to feel insecure. It was my best one. Oh, her <laughs> best one. <laughs> Murder. Murder. Heads so and tails funny. above the rest. If I could Yelp review it. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's wonderful. I totally then, would. Uh, would you? That's oh, great. That's great. Uh, wow. Vile human being. Evil. That's just evil. Really? That's you're gonna celebrate? How many abortions is she? She didn't say, but obviously many. <laughs> and she's proud of each and every one of them. Mm-hmm. The, the Seattle abortion just happened to be her best one. That <laughs> was. That one was fun. oh man and see this is what we're subjected to now and this is why Planned Parenthood continues to have the funding from the federal government from our taxpaying dollars and only not only that not only are we funding it here in the United States but the Democrats are trying desperately to fund it overseas that's how much they love it they love abortion so much they want to help women in other countries have abortions and then if we try to stop that, yeah. we're hateful uh, and nasty. And, of course, we're mongering in yeah. hatefulness. Don't monger in hatefulness. Don't, don't do it. Don't yeah. do it. So I tell you, I mean, that's a sign of a civilization on the brink of absolute, total and complete annihilation. I <laughs> mean, we're expected, you know, not to believe as we do, as we have. And we're expected to say, okay, that yeah, that's great that you had your first abortion in Seattle, and it was a wonderful experience. And, oh, golly, I hope a lot of women can, you know, just, if they get into trouble like that, just have an abortion. Yeah, but, I mean, she's kind it, enough to, to offer a Yelp review. I mean, so society's not completely gone. I mean, at least she's... Uh... I'll bet they have Yelp reviews. She probably could do a Yelp review. Oh, sweet. Planned Lord. Parenthood? Uh, do you think Planned Parenthood well, doesn't have Yelp reviews? I'm sure that is it. That- I'll bet they do. Oh. We'll look into that. Oh, they do. I know it. Oh. Of course they do. Of course <laughs> Planned Lord. Parenthood has Yelp reviews. <laughs> Make it stop. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. She just couldn't do it when she was 19 because there wasn't Yelp yet. No, de- Clearly. She could do it now, though. She could say, hey, this Planned Parenthood here in Seattle, I had my first abortion like 30 years ago there. It was awesome. I give it, 
Well, five stars because it was just wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, most of the Planned wonderful. Parenthoods around here have two and three star reviews. Oh, do they? I mean, if you want the five star uh, Planned Parenthood, you got to go up Where? the road a little ways mm-hmm. to the Burbs. Yeah, you got to go to Louisville if you want the five star uh, oh, Planned no. Parenthood here in the wow, that's Dallas hateful. Metroplex. Yeah, that's kind of hateful. But around here, Addison and Plano, I mean, those uh-huh. are three star reviews. I mean, you don't want to go. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to the one here in like uh, North Richland Hills, got a two star. I mean, forget Why, that. Did, did you read any of the reviews that make it two star? Uh, let's see here. Let's just see what happens. I mean, do here. you have to wait a long time before they kill your baby? Right. Let's see here. I hope uh, not. I hope not. Oh, listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. Bon- uh, Bonnie says this is the worst Planned Parenthood I've ever visited. Well, oh, geez, she's Bonnie, probably visited maybe you need a lot to of them. Stop going to them, maybe. But it's the closest one to my house. Oh, I see. I, I, I've been to two other clinics, Addison and Plano. Remember, those got three-star reviews. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, they are way busier than Irving. Good Lord, woman. What are you doing? <laughs> Close the legs. But the service is faster and friendlier. Oh, it's faster. It's faster here. Okay. You don't want to wait 15 minutes. See, look at that. And Irving, she has to wait 15 minutes just to see somebody about murdering her child. Ah, oh, that's wrong. I mean, come it on. should not be. 15-minute wait to kill a kid? All right, we're going to talk to Brad Meltzer next on Pat Gray Unleashed. Pat Gray Unleashed. 888-900-3393 and Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Our friend uh, Brad Meltzer has a new book. Uh, It's called The First Conspiracy, The Secret Plot to Kill George Washington. Uh, And, uh, of course, he's written, I don't know how many bestsellers, Children's books. He's a history buff. And, uh, of course, this is a true story about the plot to kill George Washington during the Revolutionary War. So, not only did George Washington have a little bit of, you know, something on his mind, (laughs) like trying to win independence from the most powerful nation on earth, but there were also people trying to kill him. Uh, Brad joins us now here on The Blaze. Hey, Brad. Hey, Brother Pat, how you doing? Uh, doing great. And you? I am good. I am uh, I am really so excited because I know one of the things we've discussed off the air many times is our mutual love of George Washington, mm-hmm. um, which you know can only lead to good stuff when we're discussing how people were trying to kill him. Yeah, and this is, this is really fascinating because I, I don't think I've ever heard of the plot to kill George Washington. Are a lot of people unfamiliar with this, are you finding? Oh, yeah. And listen, yeah. I was unfamiliar with it. I found this thing nearly a decade ago in a footnote of all places. And I was like, is this mm. true? Is this real? Is it internet you know, nonsense? And it is true. In 1776, there was a secret plot to kill George Washington. When George Washington found out about it, he gathered up those responsible, built the gallows, and took one of the main co-conspirators and hanged him in front of 20,000 people people the largest public execution at that point in north american history wow george washington brought the hammer down was like do not mess with me i'm george washington my wig alone can kill you and <laughs> that's a real historical quote by the way I just want to know. <laughs> uh, um, but, but but you're exactly right the question you have to ask is why do we not know this and the reason we yeah. don't know this is um one of the reasons I, when I started is I went to my buddy, I know this uh, Pulitzer Prize winning author, Joseph Ellis, who wrote one of the great George Washington biographies. And I said to him, do you know this story? And he said, I know the story. And every George Washington, a good George Washington biography, you'll see it in the footnotes. You'll see a sentence or two mentioned in, in ones that are, you know, know it. But he said, this is a story about Washington's spies. And 
you can find right now exactly how many slaves George Washington owns. He said, but you'll never find all his spies. They were in charge of keeping this secret. You'll never find all his spies. So he said to me, what you're looking for will forever be elusive. And the other reason you don't know it is because it took place. The hanging itself took place on June 28th, 1776. Now, Pat, guess what else is happening in the world <laughs> on June 28th, <laughs> 1776? Uh, wow. Right? Could there have been a group of people trying to gain independence? Is that Yes. yes. Right? I mean, it's basically the first draft of the Declaration of Independence is mm-hmm. being handed in. The British are literally coming. Independence is being fought for with headlines like that. This hanging, as vital as it was, just becomes a footnote to history, so no one knows it. Now, he Washington had a group of elite soldiers, and they acted as his his bodyguards. And apparently, some of some of these guys were in on the plot, as well as some other really prominent politicians, right? Yeah. So it starts with the governor of New York, who was there under British rule. The British governor is a guy named William Tryon. It also has the mayor of New York. So, again, who's taking out Washington? The governor and the mayor of New York City at the time. Wow. And then, as you said, George Washington had his own private bodyguards. When, at the beginning of the war, Washington asked all of his top regiments, he said, give me your four best men. He wanted what they called drilled men, the best of the best. And Washington himself personally went through these guys and, and selected about 50 of his, of his favorites. And they became what was known as the General's Guard, the Commander's Guard. But the name that actually stuck was the Lifeguards, because they were the ones who were, among other things, guarding George Washington's life. And these were the men who turned on him. These were the ones. That's who was hung. But I don't care how strong you are as a general. I don't care how amazing you are as a leader. That is a moment that is devastating to George Washington. Yeah, it had to be. I mean, it's unbelievable. But it's your the, own men. Right. And people you trusted, right? While while you're trying to defeat the largest and best army in the world, uh, you've also got some people that you really trusted trying to assassinate you. Right. And not just trusted, it's your inner circle. It's the guys who come home with you at night after the day. And you know, we all think that the Secret Service you know, that there's the Pinkertons who came before them, and that all started after the Civil War and Abraham Lincoln being killed. But all of that really starts here in the Revolutionary War as George Washington picks private bodyguards. Their job was to guard the money, to guard his top paperwork, but really to guard his life. And so he was like, these are my guys. These are my best. And my gosh, that that is just absolutely all of your trust is off. And and obviously for George Washington becomes this uh, this not uh, you know, troubling is an easy word to say, but I think devastating, as I said, is the correct one. We're talking with uh, best-selling author Brad Meltzer, whose new book is "The First Conspiracy: The Secret Plot to Kill George Washington." Why? Why did these guys uh, turn on him to the point of uh, trying to kill him? Yeah, you know, and this is an important part about the Revolutionary War. We love to take the story of our own history in America, and we take our favorite heroes too. We dip them in granite. We build statues, mm-hmm. and we do them a disservice. We make everything grand. You know, everything went perfect. Uh, for the Revolutionary War, we say that we all dreamed of democracy. We held hands, and that dream alone was enough to beat, as you said, the greatest fighting force ever assembled, the British. And that's a great story, but it's not the real story. Um, the real story is far more complex than that. You know, at the time, there, we think we're divided today as a country, 
At the time of the revolution in 1776 in New York City, where the first big battles after the invasion took place, there were nearly as many uh, loyalists on the British side as there were patriots on the American side. And as a result, and even in, you know, as a result, allegiances were shifting back and forth all the time. And because it wasn't easy, you know, we didn't have gunpowder, we barely had shoes. And as a result, there are moments where the British look like they're going to win. And guess what happens? It's true then, and it's true today, nobody wants to be on the losing team. And so you'll find moments where, you know, the governor of New York realized, wait a minute, we have an opportunity here. And so he went to George Washington's bodyguards and said, listen, when we invade, we're going to win. We got a Navy. You got no Navy. We got all, all of these guns. You, got, you barely have gunpowder. Um, when we invade, here's what we're going to do. We want you to switch sides and we'll pay you for it. So some people did it for money. And don't forget, even in the military, mm. we look in the American military, we say, oh, wasn't it wonderful? Young people signed up to fight in the American military in the war in 1776. Yeah, because we paid them. Old people, they signed up. They were so inspired. No, no, no. They, they went. Some did. But some went because we paid them. And when you're paying people, more money will also get you on their side. So it's a very, very complex moment. You know, there were, there were 30% of the country, yes, wanted democracy. 30% just wanted a better trade deal. They were just like, you know what, just give us more money. We'll, you know, give us better taxes. 30% were just indifferent. It's really no different than the divisions that were in the country today. Um, you know, you have a kind of liberal side, you have a conservative side, and you have this side that just doesn't care and doesn't vote. And so these shift back and forth all the time, and it allows for opportunity for the British to find people who are willing to take some cash for their loyalty. And so were the British involved in this plot as well? Yeah, well, you know, the, at the end of the day, the, the governor of New York, uh, William Tryon, who's really the one behind this, he gets kicked out of office uh, when, when the British kind of, when we remove them and say, hey, we don't want your services anymore. And to, he's worried he's going to be, they're going to kill him. So he races to a boat, his boat in the harbor called the Duchess of Gordon in New York. And while he's sitting there, um, he wants one thing and one thing only. He wants his job back. Right. He wants his power back. The British who are in service here to the British who are serving here, um, they all lost their jobs. They lost their power. And it's an amazing moment. In fact, the first conspiracy is a book, non obviously my first nonfiction, but opens up with this amazing moment where George Washington comes for the first time to uh, New York to basically show off that he here he is coming and arriving and showing as the leader of the troops. And there's a huge parade. And in the parade is, is a cheering 19-year-old kid named Alexander Hamilton, who's not doing song or rap. He's just cheering, you know, in regular form. And um, on that same day, the former governor of New York, William Tryon, also returns to New York from a trip abroad. And there's a parade supposedly for him, too, but his parade gets disrupted because of George Washington. So here are these two men, one on the American side, one on the British side, both of them having parades, both returning to New York on the same day within hours of each other on a collision course, right? The unstoppable object versus the immovable force. And it's the perfect metaphor for what's about to happen. And, and as George Washington gets wind of what is being done and what Tryon is up to, one of the first things he does is he builds a secret committee to figure it out. And he builds this committee. When you have a committee, a secret committee, you got to give it a good name. And the name he gives it is the Committee on Conspiracies. And he puts John Jay in charge of it. 
It eventually has three men mm. who are in charge of the Secret Committee. You know, John Jay, of course, becomes the first Supreme Court justice right. at the end of the war. But it's John Jay, Governor Morris, Philip Livingston are the three men that George Washington now trusts. He says, obviously, he can't trust anyone else. He sees how many men are turning on him slowly um, that are just switching sides. Um, and what they do is they start kicking in doors, going in the middle of the night, pulling out suspects, interrogating them. But, Pat, what they're really doing in the, in the process is they're building America's first counterintelligence agency. And right now, you know, you ask mm. historians, what's the precursor to the CIA? It's not the OSS. It's actually this moment. It's this moment here in the Revolutionary War with what John Jay is doing. In fact, right now, in CIA headquarters in Langley, Virginia, to this day, there is a room dedicated to John Jay, who they call the founding father of counterintelligence. And it all begins here in the plot to kill George Washington. Now, how did, how did uh, Washington first learn that something was wrong here, that some of these people that he trusted uh, were now out to, to try to kill him? Yeah, he, he, I mean, it's thanks to John Jay. That's who really pulls it out. Um, they slowly start, you know, they slowly start, uh, they pull the mayor of New York, and I don't want to ruin the scene in the book, but you'll see yeah. it. But the, the, the big moment happens, and this is a, it's my, maybe my favorite moment in the entire book, is the plot doesn't get foiled, because, you know, spoiler alert, we all know George Washington lives, right? <laughs> but the plot do, doesn't get foiled by George Washington. It doesn't get foiled by John Jay and the Committee on Conspiracies. It gets foiled by an ordinary person who you've never heard of, who is sitting in the most crazy of places on a, on a particular night in the Revolutionary War in 1776 and overhears a conversation that he's never met to hear. And in that moment, this one person who will blow your mind changes potentially the course of American history because he's the one who comes to John Jay and says, I got a secret. That is something else. How how close did they come in the end to to that, actually killing? Yeah, well, and that's the key moment, right? I mean, the plot gets foiled, so we never know exactly, you know, the day they're going to do it. But here's what the plot is, and you can see how close it is. Is they say that the plan is, you know, some say it's to kill George Washington, and they're going to assassinate him. And, and the plan is when the British invade and they come to New York, because that's where they, of course, come in 1776. That what they're going to do is they're going to blow up uh, a lot of our bridges. They're going to steal all of our cannons. And then some say they're going to kill Washington right there. It's an assassination attempt that his own lifeguards are going to turn on him and boom, it's over. Um, and others say they're going to kidnap him. And what happened is when you used to kidnap people at the lower level in the military, if you got kidnapped, we would treat you. You'd say, oh, you got one of our you know, guys. We'll give you one of, uh, you know, take one of your guys back, give us back ours. But at Washington's level, at that general level and above, um, one of the things you did is you never traded. You used to, they hanged you. And that's what would have happened to George Washington. Either way, they're going to kill him. Mm -hmm. And the thing that is amazing to me is when you look at this plot is, uh, is how history could have been different if it happened. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. this thing is something that if, if, if this doesn't happen, you know, our entire history may change. And do I think we would have won the war? I think we would have probably won the war. Do I think that we would have had a president? Unclear. But to me, and I know you and I have talked about this offline before, George Washington's greatest legacy is not his ability to fight. It's not his, the fact that he won. It's not even that he became president. 
His greatest legacy is that he refused to take that supreme power of being king. Mm -hmm. When the war was over and we won, he could have been the first king of America. He was so popular, they easily would have made him king. We were used to having kings. And in that moment, he he said he didn't want that power. And King George, the actual King George in England, said to the painter Benjamin West when the war was over, said, what's George Washington going to do now? And Benjamin West said, well, he's going home, back to Mount Vernon. And King George said, if he does that, he'll be the greatest man of all time. And that's exactly what George Washington did. He refused power, ultimate power there. He, and he did it again mm-hmm. after his second term. He could have had a third term, had a fourth term. Right. But instead, he decided to have faith in us as a country and faith in us as a people. And if this plot actually succeeded, that's where I worry history changes. I worry that we would never, you know, it's very hard to find someone who would have walked away from that ultimate power. Uh, More with Brad Meltzer uh, in this fascinating uh, book he's just written, The First Conspiracy, The Secret Plot to Kill George Washington. We'll get into this a little bit more uh, coming up in just a second. But first, uh, let me tell you about our sponsor for this portion of Pat Grand Leashed, uh, Home Title Lock. Um, An FBI, former FBI agent that now works for Home Title Lock, showed both Glenn and I, and I think Stu as well, how easy it is to just steal your title because they're all stored online and thieves can access them if they know what they're doing, and these guys certainly did. And so it took them about 20 minutes to find it, transfer it to a uh, state quit title deed, and then forge our signature. And then they own your home. Then they take it to another bank and take out a home equity li- uh, line of credit against against your title. And there's not a heck of a lot you could do about it when the bills start rolling in, looks like you took out a loan and now it's, these are yours to pay. This can cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars. So if you own a home, if you have any rental properties, or maybe you have elderly parents who just aren't aware of this kind of thing, get Home Title Lock for them. For pennies a day, Home Title Lock will put a virtual barrier around your home's title. And whenever they detect any kind of sinister activity going on, they get on and shut it down. You really need to, now that you know about the problem, don't let it happen to you. Get the peace of mind that it's not going to. HomeTitleLock.com. Sign up for your free title scan and report. That's a $100 value. They'll throw that in for free. Visit HomeTitleLock.com right now. HomeTitleLock.com. Pat Gray. Returning with best-selling author Brad Meltzer, <clears throat> our friend and fantastic author, and he's written his first nonfiction uh, book called "The First Conspiracy: The Secret Plot to Kill George Washington," which I don't think virtually any Americans knew about this. But um, it's interesting to note, <clears throat> and you touched on this a, a little bit, Brad. But it's fascinating when they found the people responsible the action they took because we're so sensitive now and we're so politically correct now and uh we we just look at these things a lot differently and george washington was no nonsense when it came to this kind of stuff and when it came to conspiracies that that could have derailed the nation uh he hanged the people responsible in front of 20,000 people uh you can, that's hard to even imagine now Right. I mean, listen, 
20, and the thing about George Washington is the most recognized American, I think, who ever lived. Mm-hmm. We see him every single day on the dollar, but we oddly know the least about him as a person. But as you said, you know, he's not, he, he, he's not like Jefferson. He's not like uh, John Adams, who writes, you know, all of his feelings down and tells everyone exactly how he's feeling every day in his letters. <laughs> Right. He plays his cards close to the chest. <laughs> Even on the day where he hangs 20,000 people. I mean, if I killed someone in front of 20,000 people, I'd be like, dear diary, had a bad day. Right? <laughs> yes. George, George Washington barely mentions a word in his own letters about it. Wow. And what, what's amazing is, um, you know, we love to tell this story again that everything went perfect for him. But it didn't. When the British actually first came in, uh, it was... You know, it wasn't easy. And one of the things that happens is here comes the big battle of Brooklyn, one of the first great battles of the war. George Washington, we get our butts kicked. George Washington gets out generaled. He it doesn't have the experience of the British generals. He gets pinned down. So he's got the British in front of him. And then behind him is the East River. So he's pinned down. There's nowhere to run. This is the end. We should everyone should die here. The cause, this glorious cause is lost. And in that moment, you know, George Washington could have easily beat his chest and said, let's take out as many of them as we can. We'll go out in a blaze of glory. We'll be macho and manly. There's nothing macho about being stupid like that. He, George Washington, in that moment, does the best thing he always does. He adapts. He improvises. And he plans, in the middle of the night, a daring escape. And he, they commandeer every boat along the East River. It's one of my favorite scenes in the book. Maybe my favorite single moment in the book is they they take every boat on the East River. And here's the key moment, Pat, is George Washington is slowly getting all of his men to go on the boats. But but the key moment is that George Washington himself won't get on a single boat until he makes sure that all of his men are safely aboard and safely get away. Mm. They see him risking his life for them. And we have to remember you know, today, no politics about it. Whatever side you're on, you've got politicians on each side who drape themselves in the American flag and tell you how patriotic they are. You've got people who will, you know, there was no flag as we know of it back then like we know today. There was no United States back then. George Washington helped build it. His men at the time, it was a total mess. I mean, in New York City, when 10,000 troops came in to fight, they were doing what 10,000 troops and 10,000 guys would do today if you left them alone without their wives. They're gambling, they're drinking, they want to go to prostitutes. George Washington is a proper Virginian gentleman. He's horrified by this. And he, you know, his general orders, which were the rules that he would issue every day, would come down. There were no rules to have a structure for an army. He had to make them. And his general orders for the day are basically like, stop gambling. He hated gambling. Stop drinking. Stop going to prostitutes. The same rules my parents had for me when I was young growing up, right? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. all the same things. But Your but parents the, didn't want you to go to prostitutes? Right, right. I'm joking. Wow, they were, they were picky. Prudes. They were totally picky. I mean, <laughs> it came down on me, right? But, but, the, um, but the truth is, as I said, there was no United States back then. Yeah. George Washington helped build it by putting his arms around all this chaos and willing it to happen. And today we have politicians who pull us apart. The best politicians in our history always pull us together. And I love that you can see, when you read the first conspiracy, I love that you see the secret plot to kill George Washington. But what I appreciate just as much is you get to see in this book the depth of George Washington's character.
Yeah. And we you touched on this a little bit before the break, but this was the indispensable man. Had this plot succeeded, who knows where we'd be uh, with America. If, if America would even exist because it took a special kind of person, it took a great person, a great man, to be the first president and set that example because it was completely unprecedented in world history. And without him, without the indispensable man who brought everybody together, who somehow united all of these factions of where everybody thought this this nation should go, and he brought everybody together and held it together. He was the glue kind of the bound the nation. So had they oh, they succeeded, who knows where we'd be, if we'd be. No, and, that, and that's what you can't, when you read the book, you can't help but go, oh my God, how does history change, right? Yeah. You thought yep. that when you watch Back to the Future, Marty McFly's future changed when Biff got the sports book. Imagine if we lose George Washington. Jeez. Everything mm-hmm. changes. It's mm-hmm. an unbelievable moment in history. Yeah. Brad Meltzer, um, what's coming up next? We got about 30 seconds. What do you have what do you have on the on the docket? The next uh, I am Kids book, we just did I am Neil Armstrong. The next I am Kids book is I am Billie Jean King and then PBS is doing a TV show of our kids books. They're making a cartoon series. Uh, and then wow, I'm working great. on the sequel to The Escape Artist. So that's that and I'm going to take a nap. All right. <laughs> All right, Brad, thanks a lot. And uh, and, and thanks, thanks for bringing so us bad. the first conspiracy. It's awesome. The first conspiracy, the secret plot to kill George Washington, available everywhere. Just download it. Have it in about 10 seconds. Pat Gray Unleashed. Let me tell you about a weight loss product that uh, just about everybody in this building uses it or has used at one time or another. Uh, and for a good good example, let me, let me present to you Sarah Gonzalez from the News and and why it matters. Uh, she lost over 100 pounds, what, 10 years ago or so. Maybe more than that. And she's kept it off in part because she uses Riduzone. Talks about how the fact, you know, that she has cravings even now and takes Riduzone and that just takes the edge off and lets her control her appetite because she's not thinking about food all day long. It's, it's a natural product. It, they use a patented ingredient that they took out of olive oil the OEA molecule, which has been shown by studies to boost metabolism and reduce appetite, helps you burn fat. So if you want to look better and feel better this year, give Riduzone a try. It's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E. Riduzone.com. And we've got a 30% off deal for listeners of this show. Go to Riduzone.com, enter the promo code PAT, you'll get 30% off a three-month supply. That's Riduzone.com. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three, and a Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Uh, any guesses on how many albums the number one album in America sold? Wait. Number one album in America for this week on the Billboard oh. Top two hundred chart. These, how many albums did it sell? How do they measure this? Like, By how many th- albums? You like sell. I'm saying, like physical CDs. Yes, in part. Not, Although not there's download, a different formula, but now? I'm just looking for the physical yeah, number yeah, yeah, of yeah, how yeah. many albums actually sold <laughs> okay, I got it. from the number one album. Uh, seven, eight thousand? Eight hundred and twenty-three. <laughs> oh. Eight hundred twenty-three albums. Wow. What a different world, man. Oh my gosh. It's unbelievable. God. But this rapper also posted 83 million on-demand streams. There you go. So they use a, I guess there's a formula now to mm-hmm. where they use this online streams p- coupled with the albums that you actually sell, the physical copies. And I'm sure it's not the, 
It's not the vinyl album. It's probably the CD, I would imagine. But that's in 823. And, and what, what's the rapper's name? Uh, okay. Uh, Hoodie SZN? No, that's the album. Hoodie. No, the album is Hoodie SZN. The guy. Hood Season? Is that what it is? What's I his love name, this though? Game. Okay. A Boogie with the Hoodies album. Hoodie season, S-Z-N. Okay, I, okay. we got to get some Pat lyrics to Vivaldi coming on here. That's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hoodie season climbed to the top. with the. Uh, they call this the equivalent of 58,000 sales. That's his, that's his name, a boogie with the hoodie. Oh, okay. That's his name. That is the name he, name he uses, a boogie Julius with a hoodie. Julius <laughs> A boogie with a hoodie. Oh, <laughs> okay. We're finding lyrics All for right. you, sir. <laughs> and his uh, his CD is entitled Hoodie Season, but it's spelled S-Z-N. Oh, that's hip, right? Yeah, that's hip. That's hip. It is. It is. <laughs> I have personally sold 10 times 823 albums <laughs> in a week. Yeah, More yeah, than yeah. that. Well, you know, More than that. Yeah, you're... Uh, you're uh, my you're... Candid Phone CD. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're being serious. I, I, I'm serious. Okay. Wow. No, I've, I actually you. have. Okay. Um, but the times have changed yeah, yeah, yeah. so much that it's it's all online streams now, I guess. And and nobody's actually buying physical copies. And I guess, why would you? Hmm. Why would you now? So you can't print that song for Pat to sing. can't print this one for him to sing. So <laughs> the multimetric uh, sum that that uh, Billboard comes up with now includes streams and downloads of individual songs uh, with sales of the full 20... Wow, it's a 20-song album. Wow. But according to Billboard, streams powered him getting to number one, obviously, because he had 83 million of them. Yeah, I'd say that kind of trumps the 823 albums he sold. But that does show you the ever-widening gap between the rapidly growing business of streaming... And what's happening with album sales or CD sales or whatever you want to call them. 23-year-old rapper's uh, record tops that of 3,481 copies and 84 million streams with which uh, rapper 21 Savage set last week Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with his album I Am, I Was. Now, Hoodie Season came out December 21st. It's his second full-length studio album. And his second visit to the Billboard Top 10. So I'm going to have to check this out because, I mean, uh, rapper Boogie with the Hoodie. You want to give it a uh, shot? Seems probably really, really good. Careful there. I marked out what I saw. Yeah, maybe we'll try that some other time. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. And as I mentioned at Pat Unleashed on Twitter, where we've got uh, Sumi Shik tweeting... Uh, if I was Donald Trump, I'd ask the country what departments everyone believes matter in their lives. Unmentioned ones, then get sunsetted. Mm. <laughs> I like it. Bye-bye. <laughs> the fourth horseman tweets, uh, just can't figure out what the obsession is with murdering babies. Now, I, I mean, I, I don't know anybody who can. <clears throat> I don't know that there's massive money in it. I, I don't, I don't pretend to get it, but... The left is obsessed with it. They just, they really are. Hmm, I'm gonna They're a death cult now. 
Yeah, you said you don't know if there is um, uh, money in it. And I just Googled uh, Planned Parenthood uh, net worth. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is according to Forbes. That crazy publication, Forbes, um, says that they make uh, their revenue is $1.5 billion total yeah, revenues. $500 million of that comes from taxpayer dollars every year. Uh, some guy named Steve tweets, as bad as her comments were, what's even more disturbing is the mindless drones cheering. Talk, speaking of, uh, <clears throat> what was her name? Oh, the actress, uh, Martha Plimpton, at that, uh, I don't know what event it was, but yes, the audience cheering when she was saying that her Seattle abortion was her best one. Mm-hmm. Creepy. Fair and evil. Uh, it's only a matter of time from Bob Loblaw. It's only a matter of time until liberals somehow rationalize post-birth abortions, too. Well, and in some cases, they already have. Get that uh, ethicist from, I think, Princeton, who believes that... Peter Singer? Yeah, Peter Singer. Until you're two. Yeah, Yeah. you don't know what's going on, so... Yeah, that was... uh, It's okay to put you away. That view was almost 20 years ago, too. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Wow. Oops, all berries, (laughs) tweets... Do you think if we gave unborn children the right to vote that liberals would fight to end abortion? Uh-huh. Well, uh, if you could somehow make the case that they'll vote for them, yes. <laughs> uh, Steve Madursky, my wig could kill you. Maybe a future Twitter Twitter handle. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> my Brad, wig could Brad kill Meltzer's you. Is quote, yes. lo- loose quoting of uh, loose George quoting. Washington. Yeah. <laughs> and from uh, Wes, a trans man to woman will never have ovarian cancer. A trans woman to man will never have testicular cancer. I think that sums it up. <laughs> Based on the kind of cancer you can get, that tells you what gender you are. Uh-huh. <laughs> Done uh-huh. deal. Okay? Done. It's, a good way to, it's, like a, it's like a Cliff Notes version of uh, being able to tell. Oh, <laughs> I want to get to this uh, Bill de Blasio thing. This guy is unbelievable. He's the mayor of America's largest city, and yet... I mean, he's been, in the past, he was a, an avowed communist. He actually supported uh, America's enemy in the 80s, the Sandinistas in Nicaragua. <laughs> and uh, now he is deciding who needs wealth and who doesn't, who rightly has it and who doesn't. Here's what he had to say about, uh, this is in his sixth State of the City speech. So there's plenty of wealth just in the wrong hands. That's all. Brothers and sisters, there's plenty of money in the world. There's plenty of money in this city. It's just in the wrong hands. You deserve a city that gives you the share of prosperity that you have earned. Wow. Wow, is that dangerous stuff. That's, That's just communist rhetoric is all. There's plenty of wealth. It's just in the wrong hands. And it's in government's hands, so yeah. you're correct, sir. Who, by whose estimation? Who, who are you to decide who should have wealth and who shouldn't? Uh, it's in the wrong hands? What, what hands is it in? The, of the people who earned it? What are you talking about? Then he talks about what else they deserve. Uh, here it is. We deserve to be there for our families. Uh-huh. The people we love. Yeah. We deserve to be able to take care of ourselves. Deserve. We all deserve a little more happiness, don't we? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, comrade, but uh, thank you, comrade de Blasio. Another strike for the fatherland. 
Thank you, Comrade de Blasio. Please redistribute those undeserving bourgeoisie's money. Give it to us in the proletariat. We all have confidence in you, comrade. Something pretty stirring about this Soviet national anthem. Yeah, I'm guessing there? people Just don't kneel over there. No, nah, I bet don't. This is playing. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be at the perfect height to have their head chopped off if they do. <laughs> the shorter fall to the ground. All right, uh. so... I, I don't know how long New Yorkers are going to put up with that. I guess they're just getting so extreme in New York that they're into it now. I mean, he, he got a lot of applause with that and a lot of cheering. Um, a lot of supporters there in a little Manhattan theater filled to capacity, giving the event heightened energy previous addresses lacked. Uh, he again railing against businesses because business is, of course, evil. Uh, promised to seize the building. The buildings of scofflaw landlords pointedly framed the argument over income inequality. Um, I it's just a, it's it's amazing how many of these communists and socialists now are in really prominent positions in the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party essentially doesn't exist anymore. It's gone. That is not the party of JFK. I love how they're always spewing rhetoric like. Ronald Reagan wouldn't even recognize the Republican Party today. <laughs> what? Hmm. But but would JFK recognize the Democratic Party? Oh, one of the greatest oh my speeches gosh. on taxes ever was made by JFK. Uh, and and if you if you replaced if you didn't ever know it was JFK, you would think it was a hardcore, crazy constitutional conservative that's right. on the far yeah, yeah. reaches of Congress on the right today. It's awesome. I'm trying to find that and post that. Mm. It's a, it's it's amazing. I mean, Bill De Blasio. He's only and, halfway done with his yeah yep time up there as mayor too. Because remember, uh, Bloomberg changed it to three terms. He's only halfway through his second term. So, what a nightmare. Good luck, New York. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure glad we got out of there when the getting was good. Just I mean, <laughs> that is amazing. And there's no there's no pushback from Democrats in that party anymore. If that was similar, if there was similar extremist rhetoric coming out of the Republican Party, they'd be demanding from every Republican that you disavow yourself of that person and all the things he said. Is are any of the where's Nancy Pelosi on this stuff? This guy's promising to redistribute wealth in New York to the right people, the, the people that he deems the right people. And nobody in that party cares? Hmm. All right. Triple eight nine hundred thirty-three ninety-three. Between communism and and just the disintegration of uh scientific fact in this country. We're, we're in a wonderful place. And, of course, then there's the uh, the war on men. And it's great to see that uh, even Gillette has joined the war on men. We'll share what they're doing uh, in their latest commercial coming up here in a second. First, let me tell you about WaxRx, our sponsor for this portion of Pat Gray Unleashed. When was the last time you had your ears professionally cleaned, if, if ever? If you have itchy ears... 
painful ears, they feel plugged up, or you're continually asking people to repeat themselves, it may not be that you're losing your hearing. You just may have a lot of stuff in there. So rather than go to the doctor and pay a fortune, try use Wax, Wax RX. Uh, and this system, which was developed by top physicians, safely and effectively removes earwax buildup. Then it soothes your ears with a pH, pH conditioned formula. Now you can use Wax RX without a prescription, and you don't have to go to the doctor, but it's the same thing basically that they do in their office just for a lot less money. Try the Wax RX system today, risk free. Just go to usewaxrx.com, use the offer code radio at checkout, and you'll get free shipping. Finally, there is a real solution. You don't have to jam Q-tips into your ears or put candling up to there and set your head on fire. Usewaxrx.com. Go there right now. Usewaxrx.com, offer code radio. the mean streets of Helena, it's Pat Gray, Unleashed. Somehow I escaped it alive. How did mean you manage to get out of I don't, there? I don't know. I mean, Everybody that, wonders. Yeah, I mean. It's incredible. Th- there's a it's, story it's a miracle, there. really. Yeah, we'll talk about it sometime. Okay, okay. Meantime, uh, Gillette has a new commercial to make men ashamed of being men. I, I love that they've jo- joined in on this. You're a sticking razor blade company. Don't preach to us. Yeah. <sighs> they make products uh, for men. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And I hope this hurts their business greatly. I'm so sick and tired of the continual assault on men. Just, it's it's unbelievable. Uh, here's the latest from Gillette on toxic masculinity. Bullying. The Me Too the movement against sexual toxic harassment. Toxic masculinity. Is this the best a man can get? Is it? We can't hide from it. It's been going on far too long. We can't laugh it off. Who's the daddy? What I actually think she's trying to say. Making the same old excuses. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. But something finally changed. Allegations regarding sexual and there will be no going back because we we believe in the best in men men need to hold other men accountable smile sweetie come on to say the right thing to act the right oh, way bro not cool not cool some already are in ways big Yo, men and small. I am strong. I am strong. But some is not enough. It's not how we treat each other, okay? Okay. Because the boys watching today will be the men of tomorrow. These good things didn't happen until Gillette filmed this commercial. There's no men that ever acted properly. Well, and those men were acting for the camera. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> No, they. Uh, I love the indictment of an entire gender of the human race. That's great. That's great. That's not a problem at all. Good thing women never do anything wrong. They don't need to be chastised ever for anything. Well, that's true. <laughs> I 
I mean, can't believe what's can't, going on right now. Can't argue with fact, Pat. No, a woman has never done anything. Ever. Mean to anybody. I mean, can you tell me when, a recorded moment? When that, you look online, mm-hmm. every word that's mean to somebody is by a man. Thank you. Or a male person. Or... Every one of them. Or on occasion, <clears throat> it looks like a woman based on the avatar, but it's but actually it's a, a guy sitting a behind the keyboard. You know, you know it is. It's a man. He put up a chick's picture. To, Men are bad, women are great. So you don't see him coming. And uh, so... That is, wow. But it's fine. Uh, I thought stereotyping uh, and just doing these broad brush accusations of a people, I thought that was wrong, but I guess not when it comes to um, men or males. Correct. Hmm. Well, I'm glad you know. Yeah, now I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it now. <laughs> I just was thinking improperly before that it was generally wrong, but no, no. Besides, though, what is a man? I mean, let's be honest. It's 2019, right? Pat. I mean, I mean let's right. not, there, there are no, there are no. How do I know that everybody in that commercial from Gillette doesn't identify as a woman? I don't know that. You don't know that. They might all identify as women, and then they'd be women's problem, not ours. <laughs> How about Gillette take their razor blades and stick them Ooh. someplace? Ooh, a razor blade? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your whole razor blade factory and jam it. Oh. Good Lord. <laughs> that is irritating. Ah. Wow. Uh, according to the American Psychological Association, they've issued new professional guidelines for mental health professionals that claim tra- traditional masculinity <laughs> is harmful to yes. boys and men. Thank you. And uh, so, I mean, Gillette is well within their rights to be pointing this out. Mm-hmm. The guidelines for psychological practice with boys and men is based on 40 years of research. The main thrust of the subsequent research is that traditional masculinity, marked by stoicism, competitiveness, dominance, and aggression, is on the whole harmful. So, okay. But again, I ask what, <clears throat> as far as the overall. It's harmful. In terms, in terms, terms of, of the, over, yes, overall? In terms of overall, Thank you. it's harmful. Uh-huh. If we're to go to our phrase from, from our great president. Mm-hmm. It's also alleged that, quote, the more men conformed to masculine norms, the more likely they were to consider as, as normal risky health behaviors, oh. such as heavy drinking, using tobacco, and... Avoiding vegetables. Oh, <laughs> something's hitting home. <laughs> to engage in these risky behaviors themselves. What is that? Wait, is that the avoiding worst? vegetables is a, is a masculine trait? Wait, so you don't like kale? No, I don't. Whoa, back off Whoa. with the masculinity know, right? train, man. Toxic? You bet. Woo! You bet. I just poisoned 200 people right there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't know where you're... <laughs> Toxic masculinity. Eating, avoiding vegetables? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When did that become a man thing? Well, good golly. <laughs> so the report said more about gender views. Uh, it pointed out that gender views have changed and that uh, transgender issues are at the forefront of the cultural conversation. That's for sure. Okay, like I said, and how do you know what a man is? There's increased awareness of the diversity of gender identity. Awareness. What a stupid Increased word. awareness of the diversity of gender identity. There's two genders. For the love of heaven, there are two. Okay, all right, says you, hater. It's no longer just this male-female binary. 
Oh my goodness. This is from the American Psychological Association. Mm-hmm. And they're actually going to cave into this? That th- there is no male-female binary situation here on this planet? Okay. Um, do you like kale? No. Back off. I know. Back it off, man. Again, I, I killed another 150 people right there. Poisoned them. I swear. Them. Poisoned them. I mean, the, the women must be just like cowering in fear right now. Boys and men who identify as gay, bisexual, or transgender still face higher than average levels of hostility, pressure to conform to masculine norms. Oh, man. And, uh, you know, everybody who does conform to masculine norms, they're all mm-hmm. psycho, so aggressive, obnoxious. If you eat vegetables, uh, killers, you, you're most likely to become like a transgender. Is that what they're saying? I don't understand. Anyway, um, good luck. Yeah. World. So, if we remember the words of George W. Bush, uh, poor people aren't necessarily killers, but now we see that men are. (laughs) If you're a male, you're toxic, and uh, you're poisoning all the people around you. Yes. So, eat your vegetables and uh, be more feminine. (laughs) That's amazing. It's a fun world, right? Yeah, it's a great world. Yeah, it's a great world. And that's why Marvel is introducing their very first uh, superhero, Drag Queen. Latest issue of its Iceman comic book, Marvel Comics introduces a new superhero named Shade, a mutant superhero drag queen. Awesome. How wonderful. It's about time. You know what? All right. About time. (laughs) Okay. That'll be a fun one to take the kids to, huh? Join us tomorrow because we are going to uh, reveal Pat Gray Unleashed Bingo. Oh, yes. Coming up tomorrow on Pat Gray Unleashed.